Welcome back to Insights, the podcast of Forerunners of America. And we are here once again, as we always are, to warn the nation, warn as many people as possible of what's going on from a biblical perspective, as well as we also want to help you respond in faith. There's no benefit to warning if we don't have a path forward in, in what God's calling us to do. So anyway, I'm going to welcome back Than Christopoulos to the studio. Welcome, brother. How's it going? I think we're doing pretty good. And it's actually awesome because we, meaning you and I, have a major announcement about you, which affects us at the end of this podcast. So I, I am doing really well. I'm pumped. I'm excited too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to uh, to getting that out there. I think a lot of people will be greatly encouraged. Um, For sure. Yeah, yeah, awesome. So today's topic, what a Biden presidency means for Christians, okay? So he's not officially the president-elect, uh, but the media has has crowned him as such, given him that title. Um, but, uh, you know, it means a lot. There's a major shift going on here, and I think there's several specific areas that Christians have to be tuned in to navigate what's ahead. Now, before we jump into all that, did you realize this, Than, that if you take out, right now today, if you take out the contested states, meaning those that are too close to call, as well as those that have had lawsuits brought to them because of voter fraud, if you take those states out, this is something almost nobody knows, but actually President Trump today is slightly ahead in the Electoral College votes. He's actually got 234 votes, and, uh, and Biden has 226 votes. So it's, uh, it's actually not what the media is projecting. The media has projected so many things, but the media does not decide elections. You actually have to have your state certify the results. And these states have not certified the results because they're under litigation or it's too close to call. So anyway, kind of a, a little uh, factoid I want to throw out here at the beginning, but many people that are saying, hey, slow the train down a little bit. Let's just wait for the process to take care of itself, to play out. Many people uh, have, have highlighted this, that actually, pre or I shouldn't say President Biden, but I'm getting uh, that in my mind as well. President-elect uh, Biden. And even that is an exaggeration because it's not been certified yet by the states. However, let's just say that Joe Biden clearly does not have 290 electoral votes, which is what most places are, are touting. Um, and he actually doesn't even have the 270. Neither candidate is close at this point. Media elect. There you go. The media elect. That's going to play well with what we're talking about here today. So, okay, so let's just jump into... Uh, to a few items here. First, a Biden presidency, it is going to be more and more harder for the average person, but what we're focusing on today during this podcast is Christians. It's going to become more and more difficult to discern the truth. And here's what I'm getting at, Than. When President Trump 
the last four years, anything that he did that was slightly out of line, the media called him on it. The media called him on other things that he had to defend himself. So we're, my point is we're much easier to discern because we're constantly hearing both sides of this story, right? Okay, but the media has their darlings. And when you're a media darling, you're ha so busy having a love fest that you don't have this kind of challenge going back and forth. And this is what we've seen even in the last few months during Joe Biden's campaign. It has been such a love fest and things ignored that actually we are, um, we are not able to surface many things that I think are important related to, to, to the election, at least not in a broader way. If you're watching mainstream media, you're on social media, these kinds of things. And this is very important biblically. And I want to root again everything we're doing in this podcast biblically. Because it's not that we're trying to wander in here into politics, into that realm, and make some, some uh, uh, endorsements or predictions. We want to just say, hey, politicians are wandering in to the realm of faith, in the realm of church, in the realm of morality, which, which the Bible talks about. And we want to help sort those issues out, not all, all the other issues. But this issue is about truth. And one thing the enemy always wants to do is he wants to move us into a culture of lies. He wants us to be confused. He wants to lead culture down another path than the truth. Again, John chapter 8 talks, Jesus gives Satan the title, the father of lies. So this is very important if we're going to have a hard time discerning the truth. And specifically why it's important biblically related to government is because what we talked about a few weeks ago, and that is that there's three areas where God weighs nations in the balance. One is government, and, and that's pointed out in many passages where it talks about either having a righteous king or an evil king. And we need to be able to know what our government's doing. The, the America's uh, uh, three branches of government, that is what God, in our day, that's what he's weighing in the balance. And then secondly, it's the people. And then thirdly, it's the church. And what is the church saying or not saying? What is the church doing or not doing? But it's government, people, and church. So again, we want to talk about the first third of that biblical paradigm, which is government and what's likely ahead if indeed the process plays out and Joe Biden becomes president. Uh, so, Than, um, anything from your sense over what you've observed over the last weeks or months in terms of this shift between a Trump presidency and a Biden presidency and being able to detect the truth or false narratives or all this kind of thing? There's a lot of stuff. Um, I'll start with answering your question directly, I guess, first of all, which is culturally, it's just kind of insane. Um, you you look around and you see people talking oh it's time for peace and unity and all this other stuff but in actuality that's not what i'm seeing um yeah i'm sure you've seen even tweets from aoc right now saying oh anybody that's been a trump supporter we need to get their names and publicly shame them for the rest of their lives and stuff like right. that and you see in the streets people aren't rioting anymore but there's still lots of protests going on and stuff like that i recently saw another video recently of a mass gathering in New York where they had a punching bag type thing 
and they like printed Trump's face on it. And it was just a bunch of people beating, beating up this dummy and like slamming it on the ground and everything. Mm-hmm. And they were chanting, I don't know if you saw it, but they were chanting like stuff like kill him and stuff like that. And I, d- I did not, but this idea of effigy and you destroy the person in effigy that, you know, that's fomenting more hatred, not bringing the unity that we thought was waiting. So I'm not seeing any peace and unity. I'm seeing, or tolerance. I'm seeing peace and unity amongst the people that wanted Trump to lose amongst themselves, but I'm not seeing peace and unity from one side to the other. And I'm slightly concerned because uh, the second part of your question is what about the truth and all this other stuff? And personally right now, I don't know what to believe when it comes to the election results fraud or anything like that Um, at the end of the day. Any Christian, I hope, can say, we just want to know the truth. And it just seems like the truth is stumbling in the streets right now, and we can't find it. Right. Good reference to Isaiah 59. The truth is stumbling in the streets. Um, so here's here's a problem where we're going to just, again, stir up more dissension and not less. The whole idea that, okay, Trump is a moron because of bringing up for voter fraud. Uh, Trump is just acting up. This is just Trump because he doesn't want to let go of the presidency. That disregards that we do have a process where votes can be recounted and uh, in each state as needed. And we have a process of litigation where if there's no voter fraud, uh, Biden has nothing to worry about. Just let the, let the process unfold. But then on the other on the other side, when it's almost like a foregone conclusion that that the conservatives are crying out that that Biden stole the election. Would you, wait a second here. Wait a second. Before we're saying steal anything, we have a constitutional process, a legal process, and things need to be investigated. You know, if if indeed this is true. That does need to be investigated, but that doesn't mean that we have to start crying out about stealing the election. I do, I do want to say this in terms of the, the waters becoming very murky uh, on this issue, uh, which, again, this is what I believe is undercutting the truth. This is where I think Christians, that we have to be more discerning than ever. I just happened to click on Microsoft Edge today. It's a, a, a news feed that came with my computer. I usually use Firefox, and I don't have all the stuff come up, but I looked at it today, and they have their slider at the top, you know, where the the top stories slide by one at a time. And I could not believe the the narrative that they were building, and they were using uh, big-time sources to do it. For example, the first article that they were linking to, and the title of this article is Trump Cries Election Fraud in Court, His Lawyers Don't. Now, that is a very subtle deception. But again, obviously, it's a negative towards Trump and what he's been trying to say uh, to, to promote his, his position. And we don't know if his position is false, so you shouldn't be slanting things this way. And we're going to get into this idea of deception a little bit later from Second Thessalonians chapter 2 because we really want to help us see what's going on and then respond in faith, right? Uh, but what this is really about is, yeah, there's some of Trump's lawyers that what they want to do is first chase the ball of just recounts because they believe that the counting process 
was so screwed up that just by having recounts in states that Trump will easily win. You don't pick that up, though, at all reading the article. But it's again, it's this lies. It's this deception. Okay, I'm just talking about the sliders from this one source. The second slider, USA Today, abuse of the rule of law. 1,000 ex-judges and legal experts slam Trump's false claims of voter fraud. Wait, wait, wait a second here. This is uh, the ad populatum um, fallacy. I don't care if it's 1,000 ex-judges. I don't care if it's 10,000. I don't care if it's a million. Is it true? But again, if you don't read the articles here and you just read these titles. It's slam Trump, slam Trump, make him look like an idiot. But wait, here comes the next one from that slider. I mean, what I'm trying to say here is there is a narrative here coming from a group of people that are having a love fest with Joe Biden, and you're not going to get the truth. The next one is a kicker, though, because it implicates you and me and all of our listeners, uh, or at least some of them. It says, and this is a Politico posted at msn.com. It's linked at Microsoft Edge. Okay. Title, Post-Election Extremists use fringe social networks to push voter fraud claims and violence. Whoa, I didn't know that YouTube was a fringe social network. And whoa, it's voter fraud claims that are completely wrong. And we are ones that are violent. I, again, I thought, I thought I was promoting a peaceful process of letting this walk itself out in the courts let states do recounts as needed and let's just let the process take care of but again just looking at this is just one of many that have basically given a narrative joe biden is the president-elect which we've, we've already said is uh is not the case at least not yet and then secondly they're also building a narrative for anybody that doesn't go along with the, the media's narrative that somehow you're the, the one that's uh, the confused or, or wrong or lying or whatever, which this is not good for our, our, our country. I do want to add one thing. I don't know if you've seen it, but there is another part to this narrative that's going on. I don't know if you've seen the memes, but there's a lot of this straw man going on about people that did vote for Trump. So a lot of people will make a map of universities and all these places like that. And there'll be a, a graph or a map of the most educated, educated mm-hmm. um, states and counties and stuff in the country. And you'll notice that the ones where the counties, at least with these universities and then the major universities are the ones that voted for Biden. So part of the narrative that the media is spinning, or at least the memes are spinning about us as well, is the fact that we're stupid, essentially. And they're trying to say, well, people that are smart are going to vote for Biden, and the people that aren't educated are the ones that are voting for Trump, which is just a total other mischaracterization in of itself that makes half the country, essentially, <laughs> that voted for Trump out to be idiots. Right. And I've sensed this for a long time, actually long before Trump and in Biden's uh, uh, election. It's just simply that uh, the narrative of uninformed voters, but it's always pinned on those that are more conservative because we're not progressive enough. We're not open minded enough. And again, going back to the Bible, uh, 
being open-minded is one thing, but if you're allowing the enemies to speak lies, and I would say it comes in through the back door because, oh, you're not sophisticated enough. Oh, you, you've got to be educated and talk this way, and you have to be sophisticated. It, through that back door, you can actually be opening yourself up to so many lies, uh, ultimately, that are coming uh, from the enemy. Um, so, so, Than, here's probably the big shift that I want us to get today. For a long time, uh, we have heard from various conservative people, whether they're Christians or not, but just conservatives, saying, boy, the media gave so-and-so a pass on that one. Like, wow, how come the left gets a pass? Or this this, uh, Democratic president, how come he's getting a pass? But things have shifted. What I've seen most recently is that it's not anymore that the media is giving certain darlings a pass, they are actually protecting these people at all costs. That is a big shift. And I believe we saw that just in the last few weeks when Tony, uh, excuse me, Tony Bobolinsky came forward as close to the Biden family as a business partner, helping them run their business deals. This was the October surprise But boy, it wasn't just that they gave Biden a pass. They completely ignored the evidence. And by the way, this Tony Bobolinsky, he said he had no political motivation in talking about this, but he did feel that Biden was compromised and and even compromised with the Chinese. This is a communist regime. We don't want to have a president who is compromised with leaders in China, all this kind of stuff. But he said the few donations he's made over the years, they've been to Democrats. He says, I'm not here as some rabid Republican, a Trump supporter. He said, I'm just saying, I think the people need to know this. The mainstream media and how they spun it through social media, both of those medias, I believe it completely left people um, in the dark. And sometimes uh, by calling it misinformation, disinformation, They left the whole conversation uh, not giving a fair representation or even close to what the truth is. And as we've said before, all truth is God's truth. You should have known this before you went to the polls. Now, if, if Biden does indeed get inaugurated in January, it's this kind of thing, protecting him at all costs. We won't know as a general public. We are, it's, we are really going to have to do our homework. We are going to have to figure out things at a level we've never had to because we are going to be confused or believing in lies. Amen. It, it's already happening. I mean, just looking at social media, as much as I hate the fact that we get a huge majority of our news now from social media, people try to spread some kind of truth. But if you look at social media, even whenever you see something that might support the fact that maybe there is voter fraud, maybe there is um, election fraud, whatever it might be, it's always getting censored. It's always getting fact checked and flagged. I don't know what's true because it only seems like one side is prevailing on the social media platforms. And it seems like there is some kind of active censorship going on. And Than, 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 you're a 20-something, and this is what I've noticed, is my generation is often completely in the dark or even fooled, the biblical word deceived, 
because of what's coming over mainstream media and different things. But I've noticed with you, it's not like your generation is sitting around watching the ABC, CBS, NBC nightly news, but you guys are, are, are on social media like crazy and you get information from each other. I have, and, and my wife as well, we have run into people more from that uh, Gen Y and Z group that because of social media, are totally buying into a narrative that ha- is not even close to being uh, proven yet, and um, meaning meaning that there's no voter fraud. And it seems like the media overall, what they're saying is nothing here, never mind, nothing here. Just keep going, just on your way. Don't look too deep. That's my feeling of what's going on with the the media and social media. But just yesterday, uh, my wife, who is on Facebook, I am not. But she said, let me read this to you. This is, came over her feed as an advertisement. And it had these points explaining that elections are almost never overturned by, by uh, surfacing voter fraud. Also, the, it, it went on to talk about very specific things that would completely uh, demotivate anybody that would want to look into the issue. It's like, wow, you get to the end of these points. Obviously, Trump is a moron. Obviously, nobody should even bother taking the time to look into this. And that's the kind of thing um, that you can get quickly through social media that, that comes in a different form. But it's the same narrative as the mainstream media. And I think a really important distinction to make here is because there are people out there that are screaming election fraud. There are people out there saying... The, like you said, the election was stolen and all that other stuff. And I think, at least speaking for myself, I just want to know the truth. I'm saying, let's look into this because at the end of the day, I want the president-elect to be the person that the people actually voted for. Amen. Is Biden, okay, I will concede to that fact. Mm -hmm. As much as I don't want him to be the president, Mm -hmm. hey, you're my president if the American people voted you in, but I want you to be voted in fairly. I want Mm -hmm. to feel at least that this wasn't stolen. And I want to know a hundred percent that the American people chose the president. And right now it just doesn't feel like that. So um, I want the truth too. I, who cares where it leads? Well, I guess I care, <laughs> of course, but because there's a lot of, uh, uh, there's a lot of policies that are imported through Trump or through Biden. that's going to make it a different country. So we do care, but ultimately Let's let the people speak. Let's find the truth. And I will say this. We need to know the truth on what's going on out there with, with what's called Dominion software that so many states and counties use. I heard upwards of probably 38 states, many counties in each state. Okay, here's my point. If there's only a 10% chance that this Dominion software is corrupt, uh, can be manipulated, we need to know now or we'll never have another free election, e- even if it's only a 10% chance. Like, we've got to chase this ball. Let's suppose that they find out that there's no issues whatsoever based on the facts and the data and uh, the software itself, the programming. There is zero issues. We can have confidence in this election. We can have confidence in future elections. But what I'm hearing right now is this thing could be a game changer. We've got to know whether it leads us to a Trump presidency or a Biden presidency. Okay, okay, Than, we got to shift gears here. Another thing that's going to radically shift in Christians 
We need to be aware of this. I, I really believe all people should be, but we especially. Globalism will be on the move in a huge way. Trump essentially was the anti-globalist. He wanted to make America great again. And he specifically four years ago called all Hillary is that she would not put America first. And that was part of his campaign. And I was watching the returns four years ago. And of course, the media was shocked that, that Hillary was losing, eventually lost. But they said this, this is a repudiation of globalism. Why is this such a big deal for Christians? We got to know this because God created individual nations. Taking that, uh, that away, we move into a more and more a unhealthy global uh, scheme of things. It's not just a global community. It's actually a scheme which leads us into the end time scenario of the beast that shows up in the last part of Daniel 7, uh, Revelation 13 and 14, the beast out of the sea, the beast out of the earth. The point is, is that this is not just a discussion about open borders. This is a discussion about globalism versus sovereign nations. This is something deeply biblical. It's related to the end times. Christians are supposed to be standing with God on this very issue. And so um, I, got, I guess I, I just don't want people to be deceived or unaware of what a big deal this is. And so we want to uh, be clear that there's several things going on here that will push globalism forward. And on that globalism topic, I think something to keep in mind is there's even secular reasons like for anybody that's not a Christian. As much as I want you to be a Christian, there's are there's even secular reasons why we shouldn't want globalism. There there's there's so many things that are wrong with globalism even just from a logistical standpoint and a freedom standpoint that I don't think most people understand the implications that that can bring on. Well, I actually believe that the president Trump actually said something very concise that everybody should actually hold on to. And it's this without borders, you do not have a nation. He actually said that on multiple occasions. It's like people just run on to the next thing. Of course, Trump's not going to get into the biblical underpinnings of such a comment and all that kind of things. He's a, he's a businessman slash politician now. Uh, but biblically, he's exactly right. And it actually, uh, Paul actually teaches um, this in, in Acts 17. Um, I'm just going to, um, uh, Paul is given his sermon on Mars Hill in Athens, and uh, he actually says this about God that um, in, in verse 26, that God made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined there, meaning the nations, appointed times and boundaries of their habitation, borders, boundaries of where these people would live in each nation. And he does this for, for the redemptive purpose of seeing more people come to faith. It goes on to talk about that. But Than, this is absolutely critical that we realize that if we start opening borders, erasing borders, that we actually 
are fighting against God's plan. In Genesis 10 is when God introduced nations. So we have got to realize and look at anything and everything that a Biden administration will do related to this to this topic. Um, you know, President Trump was very quick to get us out of the Paris Accord, the, the, the climate change stuff. Interestingly, and again, the media uh, didn't highlight this, but during the Pence-Harris debate, actually America has made more progress in its CO2 emissions and following the environmental um, uh, goals than those nations that stayed in the Paris uh, Agreement uh, Accord. You know, and it's like, but we don't want to be linked into that. You might remember here just a few months ago that President Trump realized that the world health organization is corrupt and it's part of this globalism. And who are these people calling the shots that are not helping people? Well, anyway, he defunded them. I can just about guarantee you that uh, within those first hundred days of a Biden administration, we'll move back into that globalism. We should not be looking to a global committee for our health answers. We should be looking within our own nation, as every nation should, and should be determining what our own doctors and experts have to say, not trying to dictate something globally, because that um, connects to what you said a couple minutes ago about our freedoms will be taken away. Can you imagine one person at the top of this or a small group of people dictating what we should be doing health-wise or whatever? It, it's just not a good scenario. So if we're moving on here, one of the things I'm really worried about when it comes to a Biden presidency, especially for Christians, is the with the critical race theory stuff that's going on and all that stuff, all this stuff that's getting pushed, something I've been saying for a while now is I'm truly concerned that racism will once again emerge. I, I am true. I'm convinced that with all this stuff that's going on, the younger generation is going to come out and we're going to realize there's a lot more racism starting and coming in and emerging than racism that we're eradicating through all this stuff that's going on. What do you think? Well, um, I do have a couple of thoughts, but I'm just I'm just curious, like, why do you think? Because this is the opposite narrative of what's on media and social media. The the idea is get rid of Trump and we'll have less racism. Like, why are you even suggesting this? So while I think it's really nuanced, so this could lead down a rabbit hole. So I'm going to try to be as precise as possible here. But the point I'm trying to make here is while maybe one or two people, let's just say in a company, take a critical race theory training and they realize, oh, I have some internal bias. I need to get rid of it. I think the younger generations, the younger children going up and looking in the news and seeing pretty much what looks like black versus white and you're white, you're bad, or you're black, you're bad, all this other stuff. I think the kids that are growing up and watching all this are going to have a very us versus them attitude, which will covertly make more racists. That's more my angle. Yeah. So, okay. So Monique Dusan, she is the founder of the Center for Biblical Unity. She's an African-American herself. She was totally a proponent or advocate of critical race theory and all this kind of stuff, which I want to remind our, our listeners what that is in here in a moment. But she she's completely changed and she's doing it on biblical 
uh, a standpoint in teaching. She said this about critical race theory. She said critical race theory is here for the purpose of dividing us, not unifying us, dividing us. And then she said, and it is doing a great job. I mean, critical race theory, we've touched on it last summer with all the race riots going on and so forth. I, I remember we did that insights and just a brief summary of that. Critical race theory talks about how even if a white person is not racist at all and they even help the ethnic communities, they're still the bad person because they are gaining from systemic racism. The systems created by whites uh, help them in this, this despicable way. And so... Uh, they can a, a white person can never find forgiveness in this system. This is the opposite of what the Bible teaches. Why we're bringing this up, though, Than, is because Biden, the Democrat uh, position, it is to quote and to teach and to have all this sensitive, sensitivity training is what they call it, but it's this critical race theory. And actually, just a... I want to say it was just in September, early September or so, maybe August, but President Trump said critical race theory, it's actually a sickness. And I wish he had finished his thought. It's a sickness for your mind. It's a sickness for your soul. It has nothing to do with blacks and whites and Hispanics and Asians and Native Americans coming together in unity and forgiving and moving forward. It has nothing to do with that. Again, uh, President Trump nailed a truth it is a sickness. It's going to hurt us. And he also went on to say it teaches everything bad about American history rather than highlighting at least some of the good points. But he, he kind of obviously doesn't get into the Bible on this stuff. But we as Christians, well, whether it's a Trump administration or a Biden presidency, we must purge all racism from our hearts, lives, churches, businesses. We must do that. But either way, we have to be very clued in here. But especially with a Biden presidency and how this is going to be sanctioned again rather than scrutinized as it was this summer, at least by some, it's going to be full on. So very important that we realize that critical race theory was never rooted in the Bible. It uses some interesting language, but in the end, it never brings reconcilia reconciliation and unity, of course, uh, major biblical themes. Well, let's move on. Um, we are also looking at, as we have with the last several um, uh, Democrats that took over the Oval Office, we are looking at a huge surge, in, or at least the uh, continued enshrinement of the murdering of the yet-to-be-born. And so uh, this should really drive us as Christians to prayer all, all the more. Um, but but NARAL, N-A-R-A-L, um, their, uh, their website is prochoiceamerica.org, and they're politically uh, active and and they're trying to defend any limitations whatsoever on abortion, but they gave Kamala Harris a 100% approval rating based on how she voted in her last three years in the Senate. But Kamala is honestly not 
markedly different from where Joe Biden is and the whole party is. And that's what we were trying to highlight here a few weeks ago. Don't look at personalities in terms of who you're voting for. Look at the platform. Look at the positions. And so we have got uh, what I believe, and I've said this in other podcasts, I believe that Roe v. Wade is the most cruel law on the books in America. With a Biden presidency, most likely won't be addressed, at least not from him, other than to promote reproductive rights, which is really the murdering of our own children. But we do have to watch what will happen with the Supreme Court because Amy Coney Barrett, she's just been confirmed to the court, and we don't know where that could go, and could it potentially be overturned? Could it potentially go back to the states, even with a a, a Biden-Harris administration? It's very possible. Uh, so we've got to keep our eyes on that one, but as Christians, we got to be aware that the, in terms of the stances that, uh, that Trump and Pence made, pro-life verbally, uh, openly saying we want to overturn Roe v. Wade, that's completely off the table, at least from from uh, the uh, the executive branch. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a, it's going to be an uphill battle, <laughs> at least for the abortion side of things from the church. Because we're up against a we'd be up against a presidency that, quite frankly, is for murdering children. And even if you look at a lot of these new democratic policies that are happening lately, they're even up to abortion after birth, which is really just murdering a a baby at the same, it's the same thing. I I think as Christians, we have an uphill battle and we need to be prepared to fight against that biblically speaking, but also I think we need to be ready as a church to step up the game on that side of things. Mm-hmm. That's a really niche conversation that I can go off on it, but I'm going <laughs> to hold myself back this time. Exactly. And um, I'll tell you what, um, we should not find ourselves weary in this battle. I know it's been going on since 1973, but it could be that because there's more originalists on the Supreme Court than ever, we should be preaching into the evil of this, I would just call it state-sanctioned murder, but we should be preaching into that. We don't have to use that particular inflammatory phrase, but we do have to, to talk about how when we are in wild rebellion to God's will and ways taught in the scriptures, that we are opening the gate to the enemy to destroy our culture. None of us want to see our culture destroyed. One huge area is to bring our nation back into alignment. And like you're saying, highlight it within the church. Bring the church back into alignment with God's will and ways when it comes to life. Yeah, most definitely. That's that's something that I've definitely noticed, which is the church has been sliding away slowly but surely in this area. I've talked to a lot of Christians recently that are that are pro-choice and... I'm pretty confused by it. You know what? I Talking to younger Christians as well, I know that they're confused, and they don't know where this is taught in the Bible. Why don't they know where this is taught? 
because their pastor never mentioned it or their youth group leader or whatever they're doing in church. We cannot assume what, when I was growing up, more people in the church would just assume that you would know this is in the Bible, where it was in the Bible, or that it's wrong. We're starting with a blank slate here. We have got to teach this issue, um, or, or we're just going to continue to be in a fog thinking, well, I don't know if abortion, meaning, meaning I don't know if pro-life is really taught in the Bible. I don't know what the issues are here, and then you just move on. I think it's even simpler than that, to be honest, Dave. Um most of the time when I'm talking to people about this issue, they just think that it's a Christian thing and that's it. But I think in the simplest way to put this with younger people, with younger kids in the church, it's just that it does life start at conception. If yes, then it's wrong. It doesn't matter if it's a Christian thing or a secular thing. Murder is murder, no matter what way you put it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, at least from my perspective, a lot you always hear it a lot from the younger people it's well that's just a christian thing so we don't have to hold other people accountable to that but there's a lot of flaws and there's a lot of flaws in that logic and we can't there's just lie propagating the church that says well we're christians and we don't have to hold other people accountable to that right i don't know the best way to uh, approach your generation and younger with that but again I'm just going to say what I said at the outset of this podcast. We need to be aware. I, I'm saying my generation too, I, any age. God judges whole nations based on three things. The first area is the king, or we have the, uh, uh, the three branches of government, but God weighs governments in the balance. Our laws matter. They matter how, what we view as moral and what is is immoral. And we're passing these laws all the time. Okay, I got to read this, uh, and we'll wrap this part of it up. But what should Christians do in this contested election is the name of an article written by Timothy Zebel on our Forerunners of America staff. And he highlights this in a recent article. By the way, anybody that wants to see his other articles can go to forerunnersofamerica.com. Org, and you can see right there at the homepage different ways to get into his articles and find many articles on many topics. But he says this, uh, Joe Biden's actions signal the beginning of a longer effort to reverse Trump policies, meaning pro-life policies. He says, among these is the Mexico City policy, something he, he, Biden, has promised to repeal. This policy restricts international funding for organizations that promote abortion. Indeed, the Biden-Harris administration promises to be the most pro-abortion administration in history. And he footnotes every one of those statements I just made so you can look them up for yourself and, um, and find the truth. So I appreciate uh, what what Timothy wrote in this article, again, called What Should Christians Do in This Contested Election? And, and uh, so let's just touch on one last area, and that would be um, uh, the LGBTQ uh, uh, agenda, and things will dramatically shift once again under a, uh, a Biden-Harris administration. They've already talked about that they want the Equality Act to pass, And I want to explain 
what that is, and it was passed uh, in the House of Representatives. It was already passed a year and a half ago, May 17th, 2019. Now it goes on to the Senate, or it did then, actually three days later on May 20th, it went to the Senate because it needs to be passed, and then it needs to be signed into law by the president. Well, the Senate's not voting on it because of the extreme measures this takes, and it's all related to LGBTQ, and you can look it up online and find the government website that actually explains this. Uh, but first, it just it says this, um, that it's to prohibit discrimination on the basis of sex, gender identity, and sexual orientation, and for other purposes. It goes on, discrimination can occur on the basis of the sex, sexual orientation, gender identity, or pregnancy, childbirth, or related medical t- conditions of an individual, as well as because of sex-based stereotypes. Each of these factors alone can serve as the basis for discrimination, and each is a form of sex discrimination. And so we're going down this path again of normalizing or mainstreaming specific areas that the Bible speaks into, that the Bible talks about as sexual perversion. So, so, well, let me read this next thing, and then I'll make this point. It goes on to say, the discredited practice known as, quote, conversion therapy is a form of discrimination that harms LGBTQ people. What's going on here is if, as Christians, we explain to somebody in any kind of, of, uh, of these various behaviors that God actually judges us. We need to humble ourselves before Christ. We need to find forgiveness. We need to repent. We need to come to faith. If we explain any of that and even go on to use other, uh, let's just say, logical, um, helpful, I would call them helpful, uh, positions to help people change. It's called conversion therapy, and it's going to co- label all of us as people that are discriminating, which means now we've broken the Equality Act. We've broken the law. And so already Biden and Harris have uh, have affirmed the Equality Act, and we got to be aware of this. Yeah. I think a really, really important distinction to make here too is and I'm trying to choose my words carefully here as to not confuse people but I'll just try it (laughs) Um, I think it's really important to for people to recognize that when what we're fighting against right now isn't anti-discrimination so what I mean by that is we're not fighting against the laws that like like protect people as in you know if you punch a gay person or you you say you can't get hired because you're a homosexual or whatever that is we're not saying that that's bad what we're fighting against though is the normal like you said the normalization of lgbtq we're we're fighting against the cultural appropriation of something like this where our culture actually shifts and turns this into a normal thing and our culture then goes against god i think that's a really important distinction to make here because we do want to protect the gay person because they are still a child of god they are still loved and we we ought to love them and preach the gospel and all this other stuff and we should protect them from people that want to cause them harm 
we're just also fighting for God's word at the same time. And I think the two can be harmonized in a peaceful way. Right, right. So um, we want people to respect every person because they're created in the image of God. But we want the debate to remain open. Like, are these lifestyles healthy for you or not? And that could just even be within a secular realm. In a, in a Christian being involved in such a discussion, we'd want to quote the Bible. We want this to be open, not to be saying that, uh, that we're, uh, because of this law, this, this Equality Act, we're shutting you down from even discussing it. Things are s- sounding uh, very controlling from the government um do you get you get the distinction i'm trying to make oh absolutely it's really hard to articulate no i think you did was great i think it's very helpful the way this goes influences culture and oh by the way where culture ends up will either be actually um in contrast to god's purposes and will have obviously huge consequences or it will become more in line with God's uh, will and ways and what God values, and we can move in the right direction. So, yeah, uh, that was well said. All right, Than, we want to bring everything we've said back to the scriptures. And everything we've said here, we're really just telling people be alert to deceptions, be alert to lies in all of these areas. Now, especially the first part we talked about, that was our point in a— in a Biden presidency, because he's going to be having a love fest with the media, we're going to have to do our own homework and look at alternative uh, uh, news sites and di- whatever we need to do. We need to find the truth. And I want to end our time here with highlighting how crucial it is. I mean, this is way more important biblically than what we often think. Like we just think, well, people are generally telling the truth, whether it's my friends or it's my family or it's the media or whoever I talk to. You know what? We're going to have to be on our game and really careful in the future. And so so in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, Paul is warning the Thessalonians um, because they think that because there's a rumor that Jesus already returned and they were not aware of it. Well, Paul gives some really powerful insights related to what's going on that they should be able to know that Jesus has not returned yet, but insights for us that what we need to be looking for. And he begins the chapter with saying that the lawless one, the son of destruction or perdition. He has not been revealed yet. He will be revealed. Then after that, Jesus returns. But here's where I want to focus as I'm going to read part of this passage, and we'll put it up on the screen for the YouTubers. But this has so much to do with truth and versus lies and deceptions as you get close to Jesus' second coming. So I'm going to pick it up in verse 7. And so we have a lawless one, but we have like a a, a spirit of lawlessness. And in verse 7 of 2 Thessalonians 2, it says this, For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now refrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. So the Holy Spirit, the one who refrains or stops the lawlessness, will at one point be taken out of the way. Verse 8, 
Then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will slay with the breath of his mouth and bring to an end by the appearance of his coming. That is, the one whose coming is in accord with the activity of Satan and with all power and signs and false wonders and with all the deception of wickedness for those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth so as to be saved. For this reason, God will send upon them a deluding influence so that they will believe what is false in order that they may all be judged who did not believe the truth but took the pleasure in wickedness. And so, in summary, we are looking at a situation where this lawless one, lawless one comes and he's going to have power, signs, and false wonders, what it says in verse 10. In all the deception of wickedness, it says in verse, verse 10. So, here we are. Here we are, and I believe we're not there yet in our nation, but I believe what we're seeing through the mindsets that can be easily manipulated through mainstream media, again, through social media, I believe that this kind of deception that will ultimately lead us into wickedness right now today, the table is being set for that scenario. We have to be on our best game of what's going on in our world today, even what's coming through the government, because at some point, this lawless one, the Antichrist, will step in. You kind of put that perfectly. I don't really have much to add to that. Well, that's because I'm reading the scripture. The scripture's perfect. But see how it relates to everything we're talking about today? We cannot allow ourselves to be deceived. We've got to find the truth. The ultimate problem here, it's said in verse 10, is that they did not receive the love of the truth. Do we love the truth? Meaning we will seek the truth. We will not get weary and we will find the truth on every issue. And of course, the most important being our belief in Jesus. Okay, it goes on though to talk a bit further. It's very important here is we want to respond in faith. In verse 13, it says, But we should always give thanks to God for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord, because God has chosen you from the beginning for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and faith in the truth. So there we are again uh, with the sanctification, salvation, sanctification, and the truth. Continuing on, it says, It was for this he called you through our gospel that you may gain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So God, God or I should say, God, through Paul, is telling us, be thankful to God. That's so key. Recognizing how God has chosen you from the beginning is key. To be saved, to be sanctified in the Holy Spirit, and to live in faith in the truth. That is what it means to respond in faith so that we're not going to be immobilized in fear. Uh, It goes on from there to say, So then, brethren, stand firm and hold to the traditions. Some translations say teachings which you were taught, whether by word of mouth or by letter from us. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who has loved us and given us eternal comfort and good hope by grace, comfort and strengthen your hearts in every good work and word. 
So praise God, that is how we respond in faith to the days in which we're living. Uh, just, to, just to really quickly summarize even just what you said, I mean, we're, we're told that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. And as believers, we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. So I would urge everybody that's listening now that's a Christian to lean not on your own understanding, lean not on the understanding of the media or anything. As we search for truth, lean in and abide in Christ because ultimately God is the one that reveals truth to us and brings us to the truth because he himself is the truth. And ultimately, if where all this is going is through these difficult days that precede Jesus' second coming, but I'm saying not just not just difficulty when the lawless one is is revealed, right when the restrainer is removed, but difficulty leading up to that situation. It's so so vital, like you're saying, we're leaning into Christ. He's the truth, the Spirit of truth that He's given us, the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, Than, um, that brings us to our conclusion. You've got a major announcement for us today. Can you, can you uh, tell us what's going on? Yeah, uh, I'll just make it to the point. I accepted a position with you, Dave, as an apologist for Forerunners of America. Okay, and tell people, I mean, that is awesome. We're celebrating. Tell people, um, apologists, like what, 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 what are you going to be doing? Yeah, so essentially uh, defending the faith and showing that Christianity is true. Um, I, I make arguments to show that it's true, that God exists. I, I break it down in a few different ways. Um, the easiest way to do it is I take it through separate questions. You know, does truth exist? And what is it? Can we know it? Does God exist? Can we trust the Gospels? Can we trust the, the Bible? And what is the best explanation of the resurrection accounts that we see in the new testament and in the gospels if the answer is yes that we can know truth and it exists if the answer is yes that god exists if the answer is yes that we can trust the gospel and if the answer is yes that jesus rose from the dead christianity is true and so specifically my goal is to equip the church and equip the people christians in specific to be able to do what i do with normal people and preach the gospel and in a more effective manner. Awesome. I believe what you're talking about. It's going to be a game changer. And okay, so Than, we've talked about this, that this message that you have on your heart, which is helping people know why they believe what they believe, that their lives are changed as they can get rooted and anchored and go deeper. Um, you know, and that, that's been important for every generation. Um, you know, you know, right back to 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 Christ, okay? But in this generation, what's coming forth, you as a young apologist, making a defense of the faith and helping us all to have more confidence, uh, this generation is so vital. I mean, I just think about 2020, you know? Like, there's things in 2020 that could make your knees weak, like uh, you could die of COVID. Well, do you know why you believe what you believe? Oh, by the way, they're burning your neighbor's business down because of race riots. Well, do you know that you can trust the gospel? You can trust and you can share the gospel with confidence. Uh, you know, it's really been a crazy year, and we'll have to talk in the future on, on, on insights. Um, 
how much we will ever, if ever, get back to what we used to know in this country. But, but regardless of that whole discussion, Than, you're bringing a now message so vital, and you're going to be building out a whole wing of, of Forerunners of America at the website and traveling and speaking and bringing this message uh, to churches and so forth. And um, anyway, welcome, and we're uh, grateful that you're on board. I'm super excited, so I, <laughs> I'll keep it at that for now because I'm not going to get down the rabbit <laughs> hole. <laughs> hey, let me just mention this. We just read from Second Thessalonians chapter 2. And, uh, and it said right there in verse 15, So then, brethren, stand firm. And that is a whole other way of summarizing how you're going to be helping the body of Christ. And we know that many lost people through believers standing firm and knowing why they believe what they believe, many lost people be coming to faith. So again, uh, celebrating Than and, and really excited. Awesome. I'm excited too. I'm, I'm just excited. I don't know. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, and, and if anybody wants to support you, we're, we're a faith-based ministry. Um, just like me, Than will be uh, believing God for his funding and support. You can go to forerunnersofamerica.org, uh, click on donate, and there you'll see on the drop-down menu, Than Christopoulos. And I guess you're already uh, just... Uh, you're just out of the, the blocks, but I guess you're already about halfway where you want to be. Yeah, we're almost halfway to our goal. Um, and it's been amazing. It, it's it's definitely a, a huge leap of faith going in from a sales position where my income is up to me <laughs> to a faith-based position where my income is up to God and to, it's up to the body, to people listening um, to be led to give. Well, Renee and I, we've lived by faith for decades, and it is amazing how God provides every day, every week, every month. And uh, Than, I'm just excited because you're going to see God provide for you uh, in some really great ways. So, well, we need to wrap up for today, but uh, again, it's so vital that we are discerning what is going on, discerning the truth versus lies, understanding different things that uh, a, a Biden presidency will be emphasizing uh, versus uh, what we've had up to this point, at least over the last four years. And so let's walk in faith. Let's do what the Apostle Paul said, and let's, uh, let's focus on the truth. We look forward to being with you again on Insights. <laughs>